0: Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and Friends. Dr. Sammy and Friends are resting this week and will return next week. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com.
1: Welcome, everyone. Whether you're watching live here in Central Park or in different parts of the country and the world through live live stream or our YouTube site, welcome. It's so good to be with you in the house of the Lord. Today, I wanna talk about perhaps the most famous poem that's in the form of a Psalm in that genre, Psalm 23 is perhaps the most famous Bible scripture. In in the pandemic, people have searched verses in the Bible and 50% of all those verses were found in Psalm 23. There's something about this iconic poem by King David that captures the heart of all the seasons of our lives the heartbreak, the valleys, the, es- the, the, the jubilation of victory, the mountains, the beauty in affliction. And today, as we go into this passage, let's pray together. And I wanna pray that that Psalm not just becomes famous, but becomes our prayer together. So just for a moment, let's meditate on the verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters and he refreshes my soul. All God's people pray amen hey Danny can you just tell them because of the permit just to stop for 15 minutes it's pretty distracting for all of us but I'll tell you my one of the greatest surprises in all moments of my life about a decade ago we were it was just a normal day and I always say this but The only difference between the mundane and the sacred is your memory, right? Because it was one of those normal days where we're sitting down as a family. Josh, our youngest, who's turning nine this year, wasn't here yet, existentially. And we were watching, I think, Fuller House, and the show had something about pregnancy. And we were laughing about how our oldest, who's 14 now, when we had him, and my wife just said for a second talking about the pregnancy on tv she was like oh my god imagine i'm pregnant again i said oh no don't be <laughs> it's like i'm not ready for that yet i like my autonomy and then she's like it's weird though you know i just feel like we might be pregnant i'm like no it's impossible she goes i don't know i'm gonna take a pregnancy test and so she actually bought three she took all of them all positive I'm like oh lord oh lord and josh was like what you were sad that i was born no but it was he would she was about nine weeks pregnant almost 12 weeks and we didn't know at all it was one of the greatest surprises of our life I and mean, of course it compounded the joy and the misery no i'm kidding not the misery just the joy and I remember we're like okay two kids our life is over so we need to go you know on a vacation you know those baby moons and so your life could be full of surprises and joy in the mountaintops when you have your second child and so we went on a baby moon a while back and I remember we are having steak dinner in this on-clusive hotel. And we were enjoying the steak, looking over the ocean. And it was a beautiful day. You know, you're just soaking in, and soaking in the beauty. And then right next to our table was this guy alone Sipping really expensive bottle of, you know, I think it was red wine or champagne. I don't remember. And he was alone sitting there. And I felt in my spirit, because he was there alone, I didn't know what was going on. I just said, Hey, how are you doing? You know, and we're eating. He was like, Hey, would you like a glass? I said, Sure. So I went over there, talked to him, and he said, He told me a story. I was actually, this is supposed to be my honeymoon. And I just thought it would be better to come alone than you know and waste all that. And I said, Well, are you having a good time? And he looked at me. Like I was stupid. I probably it's probably a rude question. <laughs> but uh and, and so he, he, here we are drinking this really expensive bottle of wine, eating steak. But for him, no matter how great the environment was in terms of psychosocial factors right It was paradise it was steak and it was beautiful night but his misery was compounded. why? because, And we're learning this in modern medicine and psychology that most of our society ails and pains and brokenness comes from our external environment. It's not inherent, it's external. Right? And a lot of those social factors, determinants, is something we can't control in our lives. And why Psalm 23, that integration is so powerful, and it passes the seasons of time, thousands of millennia, is because it speaks to the very heart of our lives, which is what we will, tell someone next to you, you will experience valleys. But you will also experience mountains. That is life. Simone of Wales a Jewish philosopher in the University of Paris who became a Christian said that the only thing that can pierce the human heart is affliction and beauty you can't divorce the valley from the mountaintop or somewhere in between or you won't really be living and so the psalm captures at the very heart our lives reality tell someone next to you reality and this is the thing about the gospel it speaks to our reality it speaks both to the mountaintop and to the brokenness and the darkness of our lives and it's not a matter of if it's a matter of what when And that's why David, in this psalm, says, there's something about God walking with me. That is everything. Even to the valley of the shadow of death, he holds my hand. But he also sets a, what, feast in the presence of of, of my enemy." And so the psalm is powerful because the poem has a movement, a pace that sort of captures the very pace and the movement of our lives. Whether it's a symphony or a poem or a song, it has movement and it transitions from the mountain to the valley and also somewhere in between. David talks about three things in this psalm that I want to just quickly mention. What God's grace looks like if you find the shepherd. Because true rest is not found in the quiet waters or the green pastures or even the table. Feast before you, just like my friend I met in Cancun. He had all that, but didn't have the one. And so David says the true grace, true rest, is found not in something. But what? In Psalm 1. So David says in Psalm 23, three things. Basically, God's grace, first, is excessive. And we'll go through that. Secondly, God's grace is also protective. And third, God's grace is corrective. So, why is God's grace excessive? How many people like excessive things, right? A lot of people are frugal. But if you read the psalm, the very first verse, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. How many people here lack nothing? The whole premise of economy, macroeconomics, the whole point of market economy is that we... Are rooted in the concept of scarcity there's not enough resources to go around that's what the left and the right fight about how to allocate those resources but here in this psalm David says the economy of God is excessive I lack nothing because he's my shepherd and the possessive the pronoun my shepherd and he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters he refreshes my soul he guides me along the right paths and if you read verse 6 he says surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord because god's grace is so great in my life so abundant so flourishing i am not lacking anything this reminds me of a story of my kids. Josh, our youngest, we're going to pick on him today. He said, Dad, I'm going to get you a, a Father's Day present this last year. And so he said, Nathan, will you go with me to Target? Because I have to buy Dad because I bought Mom something, I don't want him to feel bad. You know Father's Day is at the leftover presents from Mother's Day. It's like, you know, we get the leftovers. And so Josh... So, so who drives that, him to Target, his dad, to get the present for his dad? And, then, and Josh, on the way to Target, says, Nathan, you're going to pay for this, right? You have your Apple Pay, right? And Nathan's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. And then they went in Target, and Josh's like, I don't have any money, Nathan. You're going to pay for this, right? Nathan's like, don't worry about it because it's dad's card. <laughs> so just go crazy. When i heard this story i freaked out for a second he's gonna buy me things that i might not need but he's gonna buy me a present using my money on his brother's card but when you have a shepherd david says that when you have a benefactor and a shepherd they're the one that looks after you takes care of you many of you are in the concrete jungle you're taking care of yourself you're trying to make it It's a competitive environment. Sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. The question I have for you today is, are you tired of making it? There are boards exams, there's competition with the best of them, grinding it out day by day, trying to make rent, trying to make mortgage, trying to make a life in this, the greatest city in the world. You say twice. David talks about an excessive grace that is available to you. But at the same time, for New Yorkers, something else is excessive. Your pride could be excessive. How many people have excessive pride? Raise your hand if you have, yeah, yeah. You're like, "No, no, I can make it on my own, bro. I could do it. You know, in the beginning of our lives, when you're young and stupid, You think that's feasible. You think that your will will get you through. But just like my friend in the psychosocial environment, everything seemed to be perfect in his life. But then there's the interpersonal problems. (laughs) The interpersonal issue is something you can't ever resolve. Why? Just like you can't control your environment, you can't control the market economy, you can't control what Bitcoin price would be or ether will be or what stock markets will be you can't control that environment you can't if you can't control that you can't control people and most of our pain is what rooted in what people our relationships and that's why when david talks about in verse four even though i walk through the darkest valley i will fear no evil For you are with me. And it says this, your rod. Tell someone next to you, your rod. See, a lot of people don't like the rod. If you're a sheep, you don't like the rod. The rod is for hitting. It's disciplinary. And your staff, they comfort me. They're both comforting. Because when we're in the darkest valley, emotively, this is the whole Point of psychology, we're trying to unpack the existential trauma of things not going our way. Is that just me? When things don't go my way, I feel trauma. That's not supposed to happen. And psychology tries to unpack what's been done to you by the environment and by others. And it's like, I got to pay $300 an hour for that. Right? 50%. Of the global population is struggling with anxiety and depression and they're trying to still process the valley who in those moments of our lives when we're not rational and we're grieving will be able to save us from ourselves and that's why god's grace is not only excessive in terms of providing the external environment so we could flourish it's also what? Protective. I remember when I was growing up and I came to the States, 1987, I had a problem with stealing. I would go to like Pathmark, steal things. And then were you poor? No, just wanted to steal it. The thrill of it was fun. I would go, sometimes I wanted cocoa puffs, so I try to steal cereal. And I got caught one time. They called my parents, oh my goodness. You know, Russell Peters, you're going to get a hurting real bad. Well, I almost died that day. But this was a a sequence. I I think about it as a father. My kids are really good compared to me. I can't believe I just said that. Just blot that out of your memory. But I I remember that day I was beaten before I was told you're going to become a criminal if you keep doing this. They even thought about transporting me back to Seoul as a threat. But I almost died that day, the rod was there, and I remember, this was, I think, third grade, and I was looking in the mirror, and i have been beaten like this. I'm stubborn, I'm excessive in my pride, and just dumbness, baby. And I looked in the mirror that day, my face was ugly, I was crying, and I talked to myself. I said, Sam, do you really want to die? You should stop this. Sometimes, whether you're in the third grade or whether you're 33 or 66 or 88, there are things that you think will make you happy that's irrational and even dangerous or maladaptive that you can't stop on your own. And you need a rod. And David says, the shepherd is not only excessive in grace, he's he's corrective. And... Today, that might be something that you need in your journey. Lastly, it's also protective. So psychology talks about the psychosocial factors, the external environment, the interpersonal relationships that we can't control. But then when he talks about in verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. You see, when, in David's time, 90% even before, you know, 100 years ago, 90% of the world population were farmers, agriculture, before service, before Industrial Revolution took over everything. This psalm made a lot of sense because if you were raising animals, ticks, are paras- parasitic, you know, they're, they're, they're dangerous and toxic. To your overall life. Actually, Wendy Lee and Sarah are watching our dog Brownie, and Wendy's very proud of this. Wendy Lee, she found a tick in Brownie's head, my dog's head, and she showed us in a picture. And I was like, "Why?" But God's grace is also protective. God will protect you from the things you can't even see. That that's that's a parasite in your life enemies in your life whether spiritually demonic or emotive or even physical it's a 360 grace so whether you whether you might be today in your journey God's grace is steadfast but true grace and true rest is not found In any of that stuff, the table of the feast, the quiet waters, the green pastures, it's in the shepherd. It's not something, because a lot of times that's what we search for, something that will complete our life. It's actually someone. Faith is a person. That's why the Bible says Jesus is full of grace and truth. He says, my sheep will know my voice. Today, I want you to stand with me as we pray. Wherever you might be in your journey of faith, close, far, or somewhere in between, Psalm 23, it's about God as our shepherd being with us even though we couldn't tell. In our darkest moments, He was there. In our best moments, He was there. In our mundane moments, He was there. And David says, because I know the character of the shepherd, goodness and love will overflow in my life long as I remain in him so rest and grace is not found in something but rather someone the rest is found in verse 1 shepherd so I pray today that Psalm 23 will no longer just be something famous become yours, your doxology, your worship, your experience. So will you lift your hands today with me as we pray, just inside say to God, Lord, you are my shepherd. Is he really your shepherd? Are you fighting him And how he's leading you? Do you think that you're smarter than the shepherd? Do you think you know what's gonna make you happy? It's gonna make you successful and flourish better? That your plan is better than the shepherd's? Because David in Psalm 23 is actually dissing himself. Sheep are extremely stupid. And many of you here are really smart probably but you do really stupid things because you think you're smart. And you do ultra, ultra stupid things when you think you're smarter than God. And then you go, how did I get here? Because you thought you were smart. Now you know you're stupid. That's why you need to make Him your shepherd. All along, you were beside me. Let's make this our prayer. All along, you me Father we come before you this afternoon whether we're in the valley and our hearts are broken open whether we're in the mountaintop or somewhere in between those places the Shepherd is there whether you're singing songs of praise songs of lament. The shepherd will never, ever let you out of his sight. Surrender to his leadership today. Whether for the first time or again. Because human stupidity, Einstein said, is something that's infinite. But he's not sure if the universe is. And in the end, because we need to limit our stupidity and we need to limit our pride, and it's excessive. That's why we need a savior. And Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. Enter through my gate, and you'll hear my voice. Will you bury heads for the benediction today? And when we close, please enjoy the picnic, sandwiches, drinks, and the fellowship. Let's pray together. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, amen. Let's give this great shepherd a hand of praise. God bless you guys. Join us. Have a blessed day.
0: Hi everyone. My name is Minyoung. I'm a member here at One U Church and we're so glad that you were able to attend today's service with us. Um, there are a few community news that I'd like to share with you all. The first announcement is about our tithes and offering. We want to remind all of our members here at 180 Church to keep God in the center of your life, which includes your finances. You guys can do so through the online payment methods shown on the screen. You can give through Venmo at church180, Zelle and Chase QuickPay at offering at 180church.tv or if PayPal is your preferred method of giving, you can head over to our website at 180church.tv where there is a link to donate through PayPal. Our next announcement is about our prayer text hotline at 180church, which is available on text at 5397PRAYER, and also via email at prayer at 180church.tv. This is a resource for everybody, and especially during this difficult time where we need some prayer and support, there is a prayer team that's ready to help you and to pray for all the requests that you may have. Um, If your prayers have been answered, you can also share them on the text hotline, and we can celebrate the good news together. Next up is about small groups at 180 Church. These are smaller pockets of our community that meet on a weekly basis where we can dive a little bit deeper into the word and share how the message from that Sunday uh, spoke to us. We have a few different groups that are all meeting virtually now. And if you're not currently connected with the group, you can reach out to Pastor Billy at the email shown on the screen and he can get you plugged in into a group for you. We also have a YouTube channel at 180 Church NYC, where I'm sure most of you guys are watching us right now and we also have two different Instagram pages at 180Church and also at 180BRG where there are really encouraging posts and verses that get shared there so I hope you guys will follow us there and be encouraged We also have the 180 Church podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends, where you can tune into a conversation and a dialogue that goes into into the word a little bit deeper with Pastor Lydia and Joe Lu, who's a member of our community here. It's always a great time just listening to them um, converse about how the message has spoke to them and has impacted them, and you can see how it can do the same for you. We also have a virtual 180 Cafe on the Discord app where you guys can come hang out at any time in different groups on different channels and it's an easy way to stay connected with the community and also check in with one another. As you might have seen on our social media channels we launched a care package delivery service called 180 cares and this is a great way to um, show appreciation and love to the people in our lives that mean that may need some encouragement if you'd like to send one of these boxes or just want to learn more you can go check out our website at 180church.tv 180cares
1: and lastly if you've been blessed by our sunday worship led by pastor lydia You can visit the 180 Church Studios on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Here you'll find a playlist of all the worship songs we featured every Sunday, and it's perfect for when you want to immerse yourself in worship during the week. That's all of our community news. Once again, we want to thank everyone for joining us this Sunday, and we hope to see you again soon. Bye.